And we're live. Okay. We got a couple people in the chat already. What's up? What's up? Um, No time to waste. Alex, go ahead and hit that uh, intro music. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets Brooklyn talk. Nets talk. Right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Kirk Cousins? <laughs> no, that's yes, the Adam Schefter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Welcome back to Talking Nets. We're already talking about other things. Kirk Cousins, <laughs> iced up. And iced I didn't out. know he was built like that. Was I the only one yeah, that was surprised by the way he was built? I didn't know he was going to be shredded I mean, like he's that. an NFL quarterback. Yeah, I, didn't, I, yeah, I, didn't watch, I watched be... Eli Manning be my NFL quarterback for 14 years. <laughs> Eli Manning was not built like that. Yeah, they don't talk about Kirk Cousins being athletic or muscular or in shape. So that was a little bit of a surprise. But anyway, folks, uh, it's been a week since our last episode. Obviously, last week was um, not the greatest week. And uh, we don't want to spend too much time recapping the whole Kyrie saga. I think every Nets fan knows what went on. I think anyone that listens to this podcast or watches this podcast understands where we are with the Kyrie saga um but I will go around the horn and let you know Robin speak on it Hudson speak on it um just so everyone knows how we feel about the suspension and the conditions and Kyrie meeting without Adam Silver today and uh what we expect to happen next go for it Robin you know the the benefit of the time is I think the emotions have come out of it a little bit and, and I say this, everything I'm about to say is not from a place of emotion or not from a place of anger. But I, I don't want to bury the lead either. It is my hope that Kyrie doesn't suit up for the Nets again. Um, I do not want to see him play for the Nets again, not because I hate him, not because of one isolated thing. But I, I keep seeing people say, Kyrie, all this is happening because he posted a link. And I vehemently disagree with that. Kyrie is not in this situation because he posted a link. Kyrie is in this situation because repeatedly he failed to clarify or articulate why he posted the link or, or um, support the, the link or, or say I'm sorry or say I'm not anti-Semitic when, when he was given lobs. Those things were put out there. And in this case, it's also not an isolated event when it comes to the Nets. You know, we have now dealt with years of something with Kyrie, whether it was just taking time off whether it was the, the vaccine. And again, I don't care if you took the vaccine or not, but it had to be Kyrie, right? And, and that was last year. Now there is this this year, and there's just so many things where it was the link that broke the camel's back, if you will. And, and you see the, the terms that Josiah put out there. To me, those terms read like, we really don't want you to come back, so we're trying to make it prohibitive for you to come back. And if you don't ma- meet the terms, it gives us the option for the release. And then there comes the spirit of the team aspect. And look, Kyrie is a terrific player. Nobody could say otherwise, right? Like you'd be foolish to say otherwise, maybe the most skilled player ever. However, at the same time, I'm not so sure they aren't a better team without Kyrie. And I understand that allows teams to load up and focus on KD. I I understand what he can bring to the table as a scorer, but the Celtics have been a better team since Kyrie left. 
The Nets have been a better team record-wise in games without Kyrie versus Cavs. Look at the Cavs <laughs> games with Kyrie. The even in, even in the Cavs heyday, they were a better defensive team with Matthew Dellavedova in the game. They needed Kyrie to beat the Warriors. Don't get me wrong, but it's just I I don't know if everybody sees it the same way I see it, but I see a, a lift in the spirit of the team, the way that they're playing, the togetherness, and the popping of the ball. And there's also so there's part of that that is. Um, you know, they're not being asked about this guy all the time. And, and you remove some sort of toxic energy from the team. Everybody can let their shoulders down and, and relax. And then there is a basketball aspect of that too, where Kyrie uses a lot of possessions. Well, those possessions are now going to Kevin Durant, right? Which allows everybody else to be active because they're not watching Kyrie isolate. And then defensively, Kyrie's never been known as a, a defensive stalwart, at least on the regular. He gambles a lot. And the, I, I've, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they – they held three consecutive teams under 100 points. So I say all that. To, I wish him the best. I just wish to never see Kyrie Irving in a Nets uniform again, personal. Ooh. Don yeah. DeMarco, go, go for it, Hudson. I, 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 have, to, I have to agree. I, I especially agree with uh, the Nets' perspective of it. I, I mean, personally, I think that the the things that Josiah enumerated, the – the terms of his return to the Nets. On one front, I think that's a good thing. If Kyrie does all of those things, I think he will at least have publicly, it seems, learned a little bit of his lesson for for the weird things he said about anti-Semitism, particularly the whole, I can't be anti-Semitic, I know where I come from, That all of that aside. I think what it does is it rehabilitates him as a trade piece. Personally, I don't think he makes the Nets at this point, especially with the baggage he's carrying, a better team. I would rather the Nets not release him because that's an L, right? You you spend all of that money. You dedicate all of that cap space. It's not the off season. You're in the middle of the season. It's not like releasing him frees up some cap that you could spend on some other good players. I think it it him completing all of those, and I hope he does, even though I don't think he will, uh, I think that makes him at the very least someone that you can trade for and a team can receive without being the you know, pariah of, of the NBA without getting on Adam Silver's bad side. At the end of the day, I don't think the Nets are that much worse without him. I, for one, love Kyrie Irving. I think watching him is probably the most, one of the most enjoyable basketball experiences I've ever had, watching him in person, night in and night out. The way he plays the game is is beautiful. But at this point, and from things he's done in the past, it's very clear that he is not, Someone where basketball is a, a top, even a top five priority. And I think that's okay. And I think he should be allowed to go do what he wants, just not for the Nets. And I think getting that specter off of that team, getting the gray cloud that he brings, because even you saw it with Kevin Durant, he got very exhausted of dealing with the questions that Kyrie brought. And it was clearly weighing on the team. Of course, that also coincided with bringing in Jacques Vaughn as the interim and firing Steve Nash. I'll talk about that later, about how I also think that that was something that catalyzed this team a little bit. But I don't think Kyrie plays another game for the Nets ever again. And I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. <laughs> so they came out scorching. Now, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate, but I have to say this first. And, you know, I've talked about this whole thing for hours over the last week uh probably collectively five hours of conversation on wfan on podcasts uh being guest places whatever i'm not defending kyrie irving right 
if I had the chance to talk to Kyrie Irving, I'd say, bro, there's a lot of us that love basketball. There's a lot of us that love the Brooklyn Nets, and we love you as a basketball player. And the season just started, and you brought this into the season, and it already fucked up the season, bro. And we're coming off a season last year where it was all about you. And when, last year, I did defend Kyrie. Last year, I said, hey, that man has a right to do what he wants to do with his body. And I understood his stance against the vaccine. I even said that the Nets were wrong for not letting him play 50% of the games. But you got to understand, this is business. And it's bigger than basketball. It's bigger than Kyrie. Kyrie made a mistake. And not once did he own up to that mistake, right? Not once did he come out and say, I'm sorry. They gave him multiple chances to apologize. He forced their hand. I understand all of the sub stories that have come out of this, right? As I'm even reading the chat and, and people are adding things, right? I understand a lot of you are basketball fans, Nets fans, Kyrie fans, above everything else. But it doesn't work like that, right? When the pandemic hit, they turned the NBA off. Right there, as a fan, that showed me that this shit is secondary. That they can stop this at any time. There are powers that be. And I don't know what Kyrie thinks his power is as a basketball player. But basketball is first, dude. If you want to be a freedom fighter, an educator, if you want to be this all-thinking, all-knowing guy, go do that. You came into this season and we thought this was a season that you were all in. And you already messed that up for a lot of us. So, you know, I that's what I that's how I feel about it. He was wrong. He never apologized for it. It wasn't as harmless as posting a link. There was no context. And when you leave no context, you allow everybody else to create that context. And Kyrie is someone famous for saying, you won't hijack this voice. And his voice always gets hijacked. There's always 100 people a day saying what he meant, what he thought, what he is, and what he will be. Now, as I start to play devil's advocate, the Nets could have used him last night. The Nets could have used him in that Bulls game where he had four points. And to me, I, I've been saying he sold because it just gives me the vibes that James Harden gave us in his four-point game against the Kings last year where he didn't do shit. I felt like Kyrie was just mentally out of it, and he knew a storm was coming, right? That was the same night that you saw the fight anti-Semitism shirts on the uh, court side, and the video came out with him giving the thumbs up, saying, I'm glad you're here, I appreciate you, whatever. But he sucked in that game. And if he actually played to his 30 points, Per night that game, the Nets win that game. I think they ended up losing like 99 to 90 or something. But removing him has helped this team. These guys don't want it to be all about Kyrie. They're NBA basketball players. There's a whole league. Shit, the whole league is off today because the league is telling everyone to go out and vote. There's no games on today. They had all the games yesterday. This league is conscious of so many things. This league has fought against so many things. And then Kyrie puts this link out, and now we've got questions coming from everywhere about how come players haven't taken a stance? How come this person hasn't spoken out? Where is LeBron on this? He's putting people in awkward positions that don't ask to be in these positions. So he gets suspended, and from what we hear, Josiah is done with him. I knew Josiah was done, done with him when I saw Josiah tweet last Friday or whatever it was. And when I saw that tweet, I deleted my Twitter. I ducked as a Nets fan, as a radio host, 
as a Nets podcaster, content creator, I knew people were going to start adding me and asking me about my my opinion, and I said I needed to give it time, especially coming off the heels of Kanye West. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was idiotic. Are you crazy? I thought there was just a complete absence of thought there. What was the goal? What were you trying to achieve? So now there's a mess. And now this team, led by Kevin Durant, who is all about basketball, who even came out and had to clarify his statements when he said, I wish we could have just stuck to basketball, wish we could have kept quiet and played basketball. I didn't know if he was shooting at Joe Psy for publicly calling out Kyrie. I didn't know if he was shooting at Kyrie for putting a tweet out that had nothing to do with basketball. I wish Kyrie would come back and keep it strictly to basketball. I had a show on WFAN one night. I think it was after we beat the Wizards. And I was like, man, imagine a Nets team where Kyrie does learn a lesson because he's clearly a guy that hasn't learned any lessons. He's above lessons. He's clearly a guy that thinks that he's got nine lives. And there's a lot of people out to get him, and he keeps giving them things. But imagine Kyrie coming back and sticking the hoops, sticking the basketball, going dark on his social media. Don't put shit out there. Play. They could have used him last night. Now, I don't know if he'll play another game for the Brooklyn Nets, but I know there's fans calling for his return. I know there's people in sports supporting him. Multiple people have spoken out on Twitter and had to delete their tweets. Former athletes, current athletes, people have stepped up for Kyrie Irving because when they saw those conditions, you saw a lot of people pointing to Brett Favre. Where's he been? Where's his apology? When they saw those conditions, even Nick Cannon came out today and said, when, you, when we see those conditions, right, that looks like they're targeting Kyrie and all this other stuff. And I'm not taking up for Kyrie. But now this thing has morphed into something else that did not need to be. And it all started with him posting a link to a video uh, or a movie that I feel like he didn't even watch. So what was it for? Let's move on. Um, Adam Silver met with Kyrie today. Jalen Brown, who is a vice president of the MBPA, like Kyrie, I think once was. I don't know if he still is. He, he's on the board. Uh, they they yeah, put out a, the they board. put out a statement Kinda saying tough. that he, he's tough to have him on there last year. Yeah, but I, I think his term runs through 2023. So CJ McCollum said something that basically indicated they're not going to remove him, but they certainly aren't going to renew him once his term. CJ McCollum disappointed in Kyrie. I'm disappointed in Kyrie because after all this stuff. Last year, I just thought that he was trying to come in and make it about basketball this year. Matt Brooks put up a picture that Kyrie put on Instagram with his daughter. And Kyrie said, my princess told me um, everyone's going to be watching, daddy. Like, you better show off. You better show out. Not like this. <laughs> like, we wanted you to hoop. We want He was off to a great start. One link throws that off. And people that are making it about other things – I. I think people got to realize there were people that were hurt by this. There was literally an FBI warning put out to synagogues in New Jersey. I live well, in New Jersey. I mean, New I have, Brooklyn is the city with the largest Jewish population in the entire world. There was no thinking in this, bro. There was zero thought into posting that link. And there was opinion. no care in the response. I, I Again, I think the response is what got him in trouble. Not once, but multiple, twice. Multiple yeah, not responses. Not once, but twice. So I, I think, Keith, all of us want to see Kyrie just go out and play basketball. I, I mean, he can have his opinions on things. I would never – but but um, be a representative professional on the basketball court, right? I think we – but how many times do we have to be fooled? And, no, and in this, this case, 
that that's what it is for me. It's just like all this right, is it enough. for the Brooklyn Nets, and I think this might be it for a lot of other teams in the NBA. I heard you guys talking about trading him. I don't know who's touching him. I don't know who's saying like, yeah, we need that guy that bad. The Lakers aren't, and the Lakers have their own mess. The Nets, I think, still have him in their plans, right? I I think the Nets do like they gave him these conditions. We'll see what happens with Adam Silver, but they know they're a better team with him. And uh, the see, opt-in I, into this contract. Are I they, think, though? Are they a better team with him? Maybe I mean, they get a coach and, and you add Kyrie and he's, like you said, we all know about the possessions, right? Mm-hmm. The ball is, is going through KD. KD has had the ball in every possession, it seems. But there are some possessions where Kyrie gets the ball and he starts, do, do, all right, I'm going to create my own shot, make or miss. But I think that the Nets do, like, why would they be going through all of this? Why would they be dealing with all of this? Um I think they still have a plan for, for, for him to return. I know they made it tough for him to return, but I think they also look at Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant is out on Kyrie, that's a different thing. Can I put on my Kyrie conspiracy hat for a second? Yeah. Um, do, do any of us give any thought to the timeline of the fact that Kevin Durant asked for his trade immediately after Kyrie opted back into his deal? Wasn't it? I think it was the, the day of or the day after that that happened. That, that yeah, Kevin it was the Durant. day that free agency started. I remember yeah. watching NBA Today and, and breaking news in the first day of the NBA free agency. So um, I guess the day before would have been the day for Kyrie to opt in or out. And be. And, um, I mean, I don't I'm know. I'm not the, saying that means anything. I just find it, you know, I'm just like a curious mental note. And then there's KD's whole demeanor and body language since he's been playing without Kyrie. He's looked he finally, Honestly, like, he looks like he's having fun. Yeah. He looked. I know he was. He, was de- he looked like he was depressed playing these first couple games of the season. We saw it in person at the at opening day. It's it's hard to read into like Kevin Durant's feelings. I know he loves basketball. I know he loves competing. And I feel like last week, especially having those two days off from the um, Bulls game. I think the Bulls game was Wednesday, and then they didn't play until they went on the road. Like that's a long time, especially with all of the outside noise. Katie doesn't care. Whether it's Katie and the kids, last year we saw him play with with rookies, to now he's playing with you know young guys, some some guys from different places. KD just wants to go out there and hoop because he knows he's KD. He knows he can take over the game. He knows what he can do, and he doesn't want all this outside nonsense. So I mean, let's let's move on and, and talk about these games. The Nets were able to go back to where KD is from, Maryland, and beat the Wizards. And Kyle Kuzma put out a, a cryptic tweet. He said something like, you can't even speak your mind anymore. So people started thinking that that was tied to Kyrie. He cleared that up, that it wasn't. But going into that game, that was the first game that we're like, all right, let's see what they do here. And that's Kyle Kuzma. That's Bradley Beal. That's Kristaps Porzingis. Like, that's not a scrub team of no-name guys. Like, I know they're the Wizards, but the Nets were down. Um, Going into that game, what were you guys expecting? What were you guys thinking? I'm glad they were able to throw on those – ABA throwbacks go to where KD is from and get a win. I expected the team to go on a run once Kyrie was removed. I mean, I, I did really expect that to lift the overall spirit of the squad because how could it not? Look at look at the way. How much better do you feel today <laughs> versus where you were a week ago? Um, a lot better. And, and then there's the Nash aspect too. That has you know you have to be fair. There's the Ben Simmons aspect. There was no Nash, there was no Kyrie, there was no Ben Simmons. That's three pretty big variables that were removed, right? So guys were, were getting a chance to, to get shots off that, that weren't getting a chance, that were getting playing time. Cam Thomas got playing time, I think, as a direct result of those things. He contributed. You free know, Cam, you, free Cam. He's free now. He, he had, it looked like a prove-it game, and he did. 
You know, Watanabe's gotten the minute. It's a bummer he got a little hurt there with the ankle, but he got minutes. You know, guys who weren't getting the, the kind of tick started to get more opportunity. Obviously, Ben Simmons was providing nothing offensively, so you remove that. Obviously, Steve Nash wasn't a good coach. You remove that. And then, obviously, I, I think whatever basketball tangible stuff that I discussed before, they're just a, a spirit thing to removing Kyrie. So I, I expected a run. Bottom line for me is that they're just more fun to watch. They've been more fun to watch over this stretch of three games. And I'll take a two-and-one road trip any day. I know the result um, of the Mavericks game wasn't uh, ideal. Obviously, you wanted to go the other way. But watching that style of basketball that they played against the Wizards was almost inspiring considering the timing. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I, I agree. I, I did expect to see some sort of reaction, whether it was from the Kyrie stuff, whether it was from the Nash stuff. And I was glad that it was a reaction in this direction. Kevin Durant was always going to play well that game. He's going into what was essentially a home crowd for him, you know, PG County zone. When I remember when he when he crossed up that one play that that uh, that ended up on SportsCenter top 10 for the next week. Gafford. Yeah, I'd never yeah, heard of Gafford. And so yeah, that's he, a- uh, Tough well, way for everybody to know your the, name, there was, Daniel Gafford. <laughs> yeah, I mean, standing ovation from the Wizards fans because you know he's he's the home he's the hometown kid. He's always going to get that respect at, at, at you know at home in his his hometown. But honestly, like like Robin said, the Nets were more fun, and it seemed like there was a raise in the spirit. This is when we really started to see, and again, sucks that he got hurt. Utah really started to look like he came into his own a little bit. He was playing well in the games previous, obviously shooting the hell out of the three point. But it seemed like he really started to come into his confidence in this game. He was smiling after plays. He was going up strong. He looked great. And I don't know if we want to have this conversation now or the next game or the next game after that. But Nick Claxton, he did it, right? This was the year that he had to make a jump. And it looks like he did. He's never going to be – he's never going to be, you know, an all-NBA caliber center because all-NBA caliber centers – have to be able to shoot the three. It's just the way that the game has developed in, in, in this day and age. And plus, there's honestly too many all-NBA caliber big men. But he is very good, and he's fun to watch, and he's bringing a great energy, and he's bringing an excitement to the team that is, uh, even during the Kyrie stuff, even during the stuff with Nash, even during the terrible loss at the beginning of the season, it was exciting to watch. And I, I am, I'm really happy to see it because it shows that the Nets can still develop those players and as the Warriors showed last year and showed years in the past, you need the superstars, yes, but player development, player drafting, player personnel coaching is extremely important. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, the Nets have have that in, in more players than just Claxton, but they for sure have it in him. Well, Claxton leads the NBA in field goal percentage and dunks. Um, and, and dunks. And I, and yeah. I think what's really helped him <laughs> overall, aside from his personal progression, because he looks like a foundational piece now, he's been separated from Ben Simmons. That pairing was never going to work, and I don't think it's a coincidence. He had that breakout stretch, too. Even when Ben came back, he came off the bench, so he wasn't playing with Claxton. So Claxton's splits were always better, uh, San Simmons. So I I think you're going to see him continue to have that production because I I think it's a permanent separation between him and Ben. Well, uh, Sean's bomb. And uh, I'm going to see if I can text this to Alex and and get it on the screen. Um, Or, Alex, just go and screenshot. Shams' uh, last tweet, but we said that we knew that uh, Commissioner Adam Silver and Kyrie Irving were meeting today, and then I was just alluding to the fact that I, like, maybe the Nets don't have him in his plan in their plans, maybe Josiah doesn't have him in his plans, Josiah here is done with him, I understand that, but the NBA knows what Kyrie Irving is in the NBA, he's one of the best players in the NBA, he is fun to watch if he can just 
leave all the extra shit to the side and get back on this team. Like, I think they're trying to, to move forward. And Jalen Brown said yesterday that, you know, the conditions he didn't, he felt like the conditions were too much. And Jalen Brown said um, he, he expected uh, the NBA to repeal the suspension. Uh, I'm waiting for uh, Alex to potentially get the tweet up before I, I just go ahead and read it. But this leads me to believe, right? And, you know, people will say a hundred different things. I was reading something today. People were like, oh, Adam Silver is Jewish. He's going to come down on Kyrie. That's just anti-Semitism. That's the same shit. It's, I'm like, he's a businessman. He's the commissioner of the NBA. He's meeting with a player in the NBA. And I'm sure there's, there's a part of him that's Jewish and that doesn't like that uh, the book that or the book movie that Kyrie put out there is number one. But Shams just wrote this. Sources, NBA commissioner Adam Silver and Kyrie Irving met this morning and the sides had a productive and understanding visit, paving the way for the Nets and their suspended star to work through his steps on a potential path forward. Now, there's a lot of people that said Kyrie would never do all of these things. Why? He's he's got to he's got to take responsibility. He said in that in that last video that we saw of him, he's like, "Yeah, I take my responsibility." Wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. I think I even put out a tweet where he was like, "Yeah, you know, that was a $500,000 mistake." He's got to be a man about it. Stand on your mistakes and own them and be accountable and then hopefully learn from them so we can move forward. Well, you know, Shams has been um, a bit of an outlet for Kyrie in the past. So the, the fact that this is coming from him makes me believe it's coming from Kyrie's camp. First of all, whatever that means for you in the, in the grand calculus of this. Uh, I'm a little torn because I don't want Kyrie to be professionally blacklisted. Um, uh, blackballed, whatever you want to say. I, I, I don't want his career taken away. I don't want the, the damages from this to be so punitive that it ruins his future or anything like that. Um, however, he also has, what, $36 million on the line right now? He's not getting paid by the Nets. It's a suspension without pay. So there is a lot of incentive from a monetary standpoint for him to get back. And then I'm, I'm not going to back down from what I said at the beginning. Uh, whether he works his way back or not, I don't want to see him play for the Nets anymore. I'm done. You know, like we can sit here and say, oh, he can do this if he just does this. He has proven time and time again he can't. Like, yeah, at be what something point, else. Be at what point else. is that just the truth? He cannot. Like, I gave him the benefit of the doubt in the contract year, and he had the There's right gonna attitude. Else. There's going to be something else. The season's too long. He he did this dumb shit four or five games in. <laughs> and this and this isn't something that he's going to age out of either. I remember, I mean, LeBron's in LeBron's statement about it. He was like, wow, I can't believe Kyrie's already 30. Kyrie is is rounding into form with with this with this type of nonsense. And it's not like this was just a random occurrence either. It's not like he didn't know what was going on with the Kanye stuff. He didn't understand any <laughs> of that. Like, it, it, it's just, it's going to be a repeated thing. And it is interesting that Shams put this out because, you know, you don't see uh, Woj getting scooped like that unless somebody is is directly going to him. And, and that's that's what I would expect. It, it's going to be interesting to hear what Adam Silver has to say if he makes any type of direct statement on it at all, whether that comes out through, you know, insiders, because I I have no faith in Kyrie's camp for them to be honest in their reporting of the situation or what they they leave the path forward might be. I'm sure his who is it his like sister and his stepdad or something like it's that. His stepmom. They, his stepmom. Stepmom. 
stepmom and his dad met with the ADL. I'm sure they thought that was going to be the end of it. Um, ADL said, absolutely no, it would not. <laughs> That's like, another I, thing. He ducked them. Like he sent them. The, he sent his mom and his step or his stepmom and his dad to go talk to them. Like you got to be a man, bro. The rest of us are not allowed to just do things and then hide. Like he's got to be. A I man mean, he literally it. sent his parents to go talk to you the can. teacher after he was got to be class. accountable. Accountability like, is everything for me. Like you did it. Nobody else forced you to do it. And then, you know, even people that wanted to try and j blame Jeff Bezos and Amazon, like, yo, yeah, they shouldn't be putting it up there. But, like, if Kyrie wanted you to think about why it's on this platform, he should have wrote the text that says, why is this on Amazon? And then posted the link. But he didn't do that. He didn't leave any context. Let's he move had on, unlimited man. media time. <laughs> like, this Kyrie shit, like, I've talked about it so much, it just goes in circles, and it's all fucking dumb. Like, it all started and people, oh, he just posted a link. Yeah, that's how it started. But look how posting a link on your social media can snowball into all of this. I hope no one was harmed. I hope no one was hurt. I talked to a few Jewish friends of mine that were legit concerned. People in New York that were scared to get on subways. And I'm like, how do we get here? Like, how did how did this turn into this? So let's move on. We just talked about the Nets wizard game. Uh, that was the worst ass whooping that they took in the Verizon Center or wherever they play in mm -hmm. D.C., 128 to 86 and let me let me say this defense they weren't playing any defense in the beginning of the year are y'all noticing that the communication all of a sudden is better they like Last know the what first. they're doing they at least like know what they're they're doing out there they don't look confused you're seeing like that game you saw david duke jr get some run he goes from being in street clothes to to actually playing 12 minutes and having 11 points the rise of Utah, we already spoke about. I, I, that hurt me last night to see him get hurt because I'm like, this guy can do no wrong. He is the fun right now. He's the positivity right now that Nets fans need. Patty Mills uh, has been solid too. Let's move on to the Hornets game. Now, this Hornets game, I'm looking at this game like, hey, if they go win two games in a row, like must be the jerseys, must be something in the air. But there's something to be said about like when you watch the post game. They talked about having the opportunity to play basketball. That's what they control. They don't control narratives. They don't control the media. They don't control Kyrie, but they can control their effort. They can control how they play, how locked in they are. And, man, they had to be locked in for the entire Charlotte Hornets game. But they came out with a much-needed win. And I was just at the end of that game, I'm like, they did it again. 98-94, I don't care if the Wizards and Hornets aren't what – you guys deem as good teams. It's so early in the NBA season, you don't really know who the good teams are. There's some teams that are surprising us right now, but I'm saying the Nets without Kyrie, without Ben Simmons, with just KD and a couple other complimentary guys like Joe Harris and Nick Claxton, they're going toe-to-toe -to -toe without a coach against teams that, like, you know, these are more cohesive units that have been together with players that have been out there, like Terry Rozier, um, Kelly Oubre, PJ Washington, like they just beat the Warriors last week. So seeing the Nets knock off the Hornets was another positive sign for me. Go for it, Robin. Yeah, I mean, look, let Cam cook. You see Jay Blaze 23 with that up there. I think that's one of the takeaways is he, he's gotten some run. And yeah, he, he has some moments where you're like, pass the ball, dude, or be aware of the shot clock. But one thing he's shown last is night. <laughs> if he's on the floor, he's going to score. So that's, that's a nice thing. Let's give Jacques Vaughn a little credit. You know, I don't think he's done the, the best job at times when he stepped in for Nash, but he's done a good job over this stretch of games. I, I haven't questioned any of his decision-making. In fact, I've liked some of the specific things. He, he called a really good timeout. 
at, at one point in last night's game. So I'm going to give him a little bit of credit, especially given the connectivity that the team has right now. That's that spirit I talked about. There's also a little bit of an opportunity for Kevin Durant here. Everybody knows how good he is, but people have figured out a way to hate on him because he went to the Warriors, right? And then, you know, he went to Brooklyn, and, and that's been a disaster. So he can't carry a team. He can't lead a team. If he can elevate this team, uh, at least in, in the, the without Kyrie on it, if Kyrie remains off of it, then there's no way to possibly hate on him. Nobody's expecting him to win the championship. And, and then the, the, the big question that ties into the Dallas game away from the Hornets game is we still have to deal with what they're going to do with Ben Simmons. And, and I thought bringing him off the bench was a good move because it allowed them to do that due to his minutes limit without it being a demotion. At the same time, eventually they're going to need some productivity from the guy. Uh, he can't be playing any minutes if he can only set illegal screens. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and I think I think that's going to be that's probably a broader conversation. Um, he he seems to be ramping up a little bit. Uh, obviously, he he's talked in in post game pressers about. Uh, beginning to enjoy his basketball a little bit more, um, getting his speed back under him. That's great. Again, uh, like that commenter just said, uh, we don't necessarily uh, have the time to do that. But positive returns and talking about the defense going from worst in the NBA to first in the NBA over the you know the stretch since Nash got fired and in the the early games before. I think that is something that is is huge. And people like to chalk a lot of defense up to effort, and it is an effort thing. And I think. That that you know accounts for quite a bit of the Nets' improvement. You have a new coach. You get a toxic presence out of the locker room. You're going to put in more effort. You're going to have more fun, and putting that effort in is going to be something that you're going to enjoy more and won't feel like a chore. And also something that role players can feel like they have partners in because, again, like Robin said, Kyrie's defense isn't exactly something that anyone should be proud of. Um, and then the rest, I think, is 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 Jacques Vaughn actually having a voice in that locker room. And you know, there there has been some troubling times with him uh, coming in in relief for Nash, but we have we've seen good returns uh, from Jacques Vaughn. I do not want him to be our long term coach. This isn't like the post bubble nets where people thought that that was a good idea. But keeping him on the staff, he's clearly somebody that that the players respect, and I think uh, that that's really important. The other thing about Cam. Uh, Love what I've seen from him. That was also a homecoming from him in D.C. Um, I think he went to Oak Hill Academy uh, in Northern Virginia. So he's a DMV kid. So I'm sure he had family at the game. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm happy with the positive signs. And the Nets are winning. Uh, we're not frowning in our thumbnails anymore. And I, honestly, I can't really complain. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last thing I'll say about the Hornets game, you know, even talking about Cam. Cam had 21 in that game. KD had 27. Um Nick Claxton had 11 and, you know, these guys pull off another win led by KD at the end, who's supposed to be the closer. Now, going back to a couple of things you guys talked about, you know, Ben Simmons, um, and that's going to lead us into uh, this game from last night. Um, you know, I remember when the Ben Simmons rumor started, I said, no, no, absolutely not. Hell no. I don't want to make the deal. Force James Harden to stay here, to comply, whatever. No, don't do it. Ben hasn't played, and we don't know what he is. It's too much of a question mark for me for a team that is in win-now mode, for a team that is talking about championship, a team that has Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the world, Kyrie Irving. Okay, you went all in for James Harden. I can't get Karis LeVert back. 
I can't get Jared Allen back. So now you're going to move him. You can't get those picks back either. What are you going to get from the Sixers? Okay, so we take on Ben, Drummond, Seth, and we get some picks. Drummond is out. Seth hasn't been him himself this early on in the season. And Ben Simmons is hurt. You even heard KD talk about, like, they, they talked about frustration with KD over Ben. Bro, you've been out this whole time. You've been out 450 days or whatever it is. I, I, I know it's hard to come back and play basketball. I defended him in the early on because I'm like, if you guys take off a couple months from hooping, you get on the court, you're trash. It just is what it is. But we're not um, Ben Simmons. He is supposed to be an NBA player. He was. We've seen it. And he does not look like himself. He looks hurt. There were points in the game last night where I'm like, is he hurt? He's not moving. Uh, like, is he hurt? He's, he just doesn't look confident. And I know it's the first game back. And it's a knee and a back, and it's also mental with him. But how long do the Nets have to wait on this guy? How long do the Nets have to say, oh, he's coming along, he's going to get it back? Fuck, it'll, it'll be an all-star break by the time he gets it going, and who knows what the record's going to be with what the record is now. Jacques Vaughn is the other point I wanted to make. We saw this already. When they fired Kenny, we saw Jacques Vaughn. We saw him in the bubble. He's, he's, a, he's the highest-paid assistant coach for a reason. He is a good coach. But these Nets need a head coach. Of course, they're responding to him. He's a voice that's been in the locker room, that's been in practice, that's been in training camp. He's been in the organization the last few years. But I, I feel like, unfortunately, with you know, with Kyrie, and, and I said this on the radio, the Nets were going to fire Steve Nash. It, it was inevitable. They were going to fire him. Like they should have fired him after he got swept. But they were going to fire him at some point. And then Kyrie comes in with this nonsense, and then they. Fire Nash, in my opinion, to throw that into the news cycle to kind of, you know, hey, let's let's add this to throw some water on the Kyrie thing so it's not just Kyrie. And now we're in a situation where Ime Yudoka's name was floated out there, and I think the Ime shit is cooked. I hope they wait a little longer. Like, let Jacques Vaughn, give Jacques Vaughn a couple more weeks and check on everything and then bring Ime Yudoka in. But from what I've heard, KD, that's his number one candidate is Ime. And this team could use an Ime. And Ime also worked with Ben Simmons the year he was in Philadelphia. If there's one guy that I think might be able to help Ben Simmons along or unlock Ben Simmons somewhat, it could be Ime, but I think that's Cook. Now let's talk about the game last night. Robin, go for it first. The, the Dallas Mavericks are filled with Knicks and Nets, led yeah. by a former Nick, Nick and Net. And Luka is the biggest crybaby, and so is Spencer Dinwiddie. But down there in Dallas, man, the Nets were in every step of this game. And that's part of the reason I came away feeling good about the game is the way that they play, the way that they've competed. You no longer doubt that they're going to compete. You no longer doubt that they're going to be connected defensively. You no longer doubt that they're going to share the ball. Again, a credit to Jacques Vaughn, who I think may get the rest of the season, whether anybody likes it or not. Ime Udoka, he's a very good coach. I got no you know issues with him as a coach. I actually think if there isn't more that we don't know, that people, you know, that won't stick to him necessarily the way some other things stick however if it hasn't happened yet I just don't know if it, it's going to happen um the, the problem the Nets face big picture is that two of their biggest assets have no value you know Ben Simmons has no value and Kyrie Irving right now has no value so you can't really trade Kyrie and get anything in return and you can't really trade Ben and get anything in return I saw a trade go up on the, the screen there Laurie Markin it is worth way more than Ben Simmons, you have to on the best, on the on the team with the best record balling. in the West. <laughs> yeah, yep. you, 
you have to attach value to move Ben Simmons. So that's the, the biggest problem they face. And it's the reason people even discuss blowing the team up because Kevin Durant is the one asset that you still have with value. Where I sit right now, ride this little period out, see where it goes, um, and then make a decision. Because I've liked what I've seen. Uh, it's been fun to watch. If it can continue, look, they won't win the championship, but I'll take a team that could play into the second round you know, and, and go seven games and be fun to watch on a night-in-and-night-out basis with, with KD leading the way in an inspiring fashion. If it doesn't work out, that's when you have to, to look at, at trading KD and, and starting from scratch because this is the last year I think they can do that given it's just a pick swap with the Rockets this season. Their, their yeah. pick goes directly to Houston next season, and, and obviously Katie's not getting younger. Yeah, and I think it's it's positives and negatives because, of course, we're happy to watch a Nets team that has gone 2-1 and one in their last three games. There's so much other stuff to even distract from the fact that we were losing so many games at the beginning of the season that it, it, it was just so, such a confluence of negative emotions that I'm just glad to be even somewhat uh, on the other side of that. In the big picture, like Robin said, it's probably it's not going to work. You know, Kevin Durant, we can't expect him to go out and carry the Nets to every victory and uh, think that that's going to bring the Nets to a championship. We tried to do it last year. It didn't work. And it pissed Kevin Durant off at the same time. You know, it's not something that is is necessarily feasible. And we are in win now mode. And if the Nets do end up folding and saying, OK, we, we messed it up, that's that's worse than, you know, the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce fiasco. That's, that's, it's a, it's a historical debacle. And so I think personally, everything is going to be done to avoid that. And everything is going to be done to avoid admitting failure because it would be one of, if not the biggest failures uh, in NBA history. And that puts the Nets in a tough situation as the Nets continue to seem to find themselves in where we as currently as we currently exist with Ben Simmons playing the way he is with Kyrie being as big of a question mark, if you're being, you know, generous uh, and Kevin Durant carrying with role players, you, you don't have a team that can win a championship. You have a fun team, like Robin said, potentially a team that can go into the second round, but I, I would expect the Nets to, to, to make some sort of a aggressive move, probably in a, a more aggressive win now move than would be logical. Honestly, I think I think if you're look, take, looking at it this from a, a non-emotional standpoint, the Nets probably shouldn't do that. But I think getting an email and doing something to you know double down on winning now as to avoid failure, I think I think it's coming because I don't think that the Nets can can abide another catastrophic debacle, you know, biggest debacle in NBA history. I appreciate that. I appreciate being told I look like Josh Giddy. I think I have the I have the curls. Case, if only, if only you could play like Josh, like Josh Giddy. You could. I, I play you'd, point. I play point for the Nets. You'd be starting at the one. Yep. <laughs> right. No. No disrespect to Edmund Sumner, who I've I've liked what I've seen from him as well. Yeah. Shout out to him. Um, much needed for him to step up. Josh Giddy just came out and said that he wants Ben Simmons to play for Team Australia. He said Ben Simmons is one of the best players in the NBA. I'm like he was. He was. <laughs> right now he's not. Um, but yeah, you know, going back to last night's game, that is a team with Luka Doncic, and that is a team with a bunch of role players around him. They've developed that team around him. It pisses me off that the Nets have not been able to develop a team around KD in these last few years. It's just turmoil and turnover and trades and things not working, and I think that Sean Marks is on his last leg as well, right? So why wouldn't he be going for it? 
Why wouldn't he be trading at the deadline? Why wouldn't he be trying to go all, all in around Kevin Durant this year? Because after this year, I think it's cooked. I think they have to blow it up. I think they have to trade KD. Uh, Kyrie is out of here. Who knows what the future is going to hold? Because we couldn't call this current future that we're in. But uh, the Nets lose the game last night. Uh, Jay Kidd decides to foul KD. And then next thing you know, KD gets the ball behind the three-point line. They foul him there. He goes to the line. He hits the first one, misses the second one. And there was just so many opportunities in that game. I think I posted a screenshot of the sequence at the end of that game. It was like Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton, just fouls. And uh, I think someone traveled. Royce O'Neal might have traveled. I'm just like, ugh, come on. I, I don't want to blame coaching. I think these guys weren't just – they just weren't locked in at the end of the game. But they were in that game. And to me, that's a playoff team in the Mavericks. That's a well-coached team with Jay Kidd. And that's a, a team full of guys from Finney Smith to, you know, the cast of characters around, um, you know, Hardaway, Dinwiddie, the cast of characters around Luka. The Nets have lost to them twice this year. But, yeah, the, the OT game at Barclays. But they've played them close. So that tells me, like, they have something there. Get them a coach. And, uh, you know, let's get some other guys, uh, you know, going. I don't know, Ben Simmons. We're supposed to be getting an update on TJ Warren that's, this that's month. That's what I want to know about. I want to know about Where's TJ he? Warren. I see him. <laughs> he got I lost saw him in all Yankee this. Stadium. <laughs> I saw him in Yankee Stadium uh, last month, and they said there's supposed to be an update on him this this month. Man, we could use that guy no matter what he brings. Like, you know, I think he could do something. But um, let's uh, wrap this thing up and look ahead. Next up on the schedule, you guys know how this goes. It's New York. Knicks, Nets at the Garden. And the Knicks are coming off a big game yesterday. Yesterday, um, you know, all the teams played. It was, there was a, a lot of exciting games on yesterday. And these Knicks are different. That's something I've been saying on WFAN. They're not world beaters. They might not even make the playoffs. They might be in the play-in, maybe, maybe not even get that far. But they are different. At 5-5, five and five, these Knicks beat the Timberwolves last night 120-107. to 107. We have swept them, I think, over the course of the last three years, like, I don't know the last time the Knicks beat the Nets. I can't recall. So their fans and their team, led by Jalen Brunson, they're, they're going to be hungry to come into Barclays and uh, take that game from the Nets. Evan Roberts, who I work with at WFAN, big Nets fan, he said he's going to the game. He asked me if I was going. I'm like, honestly, I haven't been back since open night, opening night. It's been toxic. It's a, <laughs> it's a little bit of a hike, and I've just been staying away. But it, maybe I'll go for a little bit tomorrow because it's it's Knicks-Nets. What do you guys think about this upcoming game? Well, the, the Knicks are the definition of mid right now as they are, I, I believe, uh, 500. I believe their point differential is 0, 0.0. I believe they're ranked something like 15th and 16th oh, yeah, I saw that. in offense and defense, respectively. And and the nickname for their you know guys was the mid-three before the season started between <laughs> R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randle. With that said, they're going to compete. They've got some guys off the bench who can play, uh, and, and they're, they're a team that is going to be competitive over the course of the season, as you mentioned. However, regardless of everything else that's gone on, if Kevin Durant's suiting up for the Nets, they should beat the Knicks. We should expect them to beat the, the Knicks. We, we talked about Dallas. The, the Nets right now are kind of following the Mavericks' model. I mean, they're, they're kind of following the blueprint of, of how the Mavericks play all around Luka, around KD. So if this, uh, these good vibes we're speaking of, from this road trip are to continue that must include a win over the Knicks at home. Yeah, it has to. Um if only because I just I just can't handle more negative Nets news. I, I can't have Knicks fans in in my mentions. It's 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 almost too exhausting at this point. Uh but 
uh, yeah, no, the Nets, the Nets need to win this game just from a basketball standpoint. Obviously, there's the rivalry built around it. There's all of the implications. The Nets should be record-wise. They're not stats-wise all over the place. Very strange. But they should be a better team than the Knicks. And you're a below 500 team, and that has to turn around at some point. If in Robin's scenario where, where we make the second round of the playoffs and, and, and are led by KD there, the Nets are going to have to just start winning games, period. And so, you know, the Knicks are a team that is not as good, does not have the same level of star power. You have to beat them. You have to beat them to continue uh, at the, the turnaround of the season, regardless of everything else going on. Yeah, so one thing that I will say, along with what you guys said, Kevin Durant has a chip on his shoulder when it comes to the Knicks. We all know about the saga with the Knicks fans thinking he was coming there, wanting him to come there, the billboard they put up, even the viral video. Katie, when are you going to play for the Knicks? Never. He has a vendetta against these guys. He does not want to lose to them. Definitely not on his home floor or in the garden. So they'll be ready to go, especially coming off this loss where they were in that game. You know, they, they're going to they're gonna be ready to play. So uh, Nets fans, if you're thinking about going to the game, go. We don't want these Knicks fans taking over the arena. And something I will say, I, te- I checked the attendance. That place has been full almost every game. I think the lowest attendance was right after Kyrie did that nonsense. That Pacers game was 89% capacity. It didn't sell out, but it was also Halloween night. So, like, some people were just with their kids and celebrating Halloween on a Monday rainy night. I think it'll be packed. And I think it's a game that the Nets win. And I, I don't I don't expect it to be a blowout. I think it's going to come down to the wire like all these games. If you go back and look at all the Knicks-Nets games, it comes down to the last seconds. Who was it? Rob Perez had a great video last year where he's like, these games come down to KD versus Julius Randle, and we can never win that. We You can't win that. We're never going to win that. So it, it probably comes down to that again. And then after the Knicks game, the Nets go out west. And this West Coast trip is going to be vital. And fingers crossed, I know people are mad about Kyrie. I know people feel a certain way about Kyrie. But with this schedule coming up against the Clippers, the Lakers, the Kings, the Trailblazers, out West, kind of could use Kyrie in there just for the fact that we don't have that many bodies. We don't have that many guys. Um, His role can change some, but uh, he's not going to play against the Knicks. I think his five-game suspension would end against the Clippers, of course, he'd be back against the Lakers, which is a November 13th Sunday night game at 930. And you know Adam Silver's like, we need to see you on the floor for that game, Kyrie. What do you guys think? I've, I've said what I have to say about Kyrie. <laughs> I, I got nothing else. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with that. I will say, though, how about the Kings? They're a fun team. Red Mamba, Red Velvet, Kevin Herter's having a fun time out, out west. I've yeah, been they, enjoying they, that. I think that's the first time they've ever won a trade. Uh, I think at least in my lifetime. Tough one for them with uh, Steph going for forty-seven. Yeah, yeah, he's unreal. The there's go look at Filet's Instagram of his warm up. He's just cashing everything. Swish like foul line, three point line, half court. Take a step up. Take a step back. Every shot. That that Curry shot. They stole that game though. They stole that wet. game. That was a foul on that on that last shot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If that you two guys minute report. That. Uh, so I mean, we still got a second or two. That two minute report in the NBA is the dumbest thing to me. It's like, uh, like what does it do? Like, well, at it, least unlike Kyrie, it admits its errors. That's that. <laughs> no, so well that played. is the moral of the two minute report. <laughs> well played. We'll end on that. Hey, subscribe to the pod. Click like if you're watching on YouTube. 
We'll be back with another episode after these next couple games. Probably could do another episode after the Knicks game if something else develops with Kyrie coming back or not coming back. And if the Nets say that they're not going to bring Ime in or they do hire a coach or whatever, uh, we could potentially do an episode later in the week. So, yeah, once again, subscribe to the pod, like the YouTube, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. I'm Keith McPherson. That's Robin Lumberg and Hudson Flynn. You know how we end these episodes. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn. All right, people.